And this is a regular meeting of the Commission on Community Investment and Infrastructure for Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. I'd like to welcome the members of the public who are streaming or listening to us live, as well as the staff and guests who are participating in today's meeting. Following the guidelines set forth by local officials at this time, the members of this commission are meeting remotely to ensure the safety of everybody, including members of the public. So thank you all for joining us. Madam Secretary, please call the first item. Thank you, Mr. Chair. The first order of business is item one roll call. Commission members, please respond when I call your name. Commissioner Brackett is absent. Commissioner Ludlum is absent. Commissioner Scott. Here. Vice Chair Rosales. Here. And Chair Bustos. Present, here. Commissioners Brackett and Ludlum are absent but all other members of the commissioner, uh, the commissioner present. Mr. Chair, we do have a quorum. The next order of business is item two announcements. Item A is the, ne the next regular meeting is scheduled on Tuesday, August 16th, 2022 at 1 p.m. B, announcement of public comment procedures. Please be advised a member of the public has up to three minutes to make pertinent public comments on each agenda item unless the commission adopts a shorter period on any item. During each public comment period, viewers online will be instructed to dial 6415-655-0001, enter the access code, which is 2496-801-6612, press the pound sign, then the pound sign again to enter the call. Then when prompted, press star three to submit your request to speak. When you dial star three, you will hear the following message. You have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. When you hear your line has been unmuted, this is your opportunity to provide your public comment and you will have three minutes. Please speak clearly and slowly. You will be placed back on mute once you are done speaking or once your time has elapsed. You can stay on the line and continue to listen to the meeting or you can also choose to hang out. If you're planning to provide a public comment on any items on today's agenda, it is recommended that you call the public comment line ahead of time to allow you to listen to the meeting live and to prevent you from experiencing delays caused by live streaming. Today's material meeting materials are available on our website at sfocii.org under commission, then the public meetings tab. The next order of business is item three, report on actions taken at a previous closed session meeting, if any. There are no reportable actions. The next order of business is item four, matters of unfinished business. There are no matters of unfinished business. The next order of business is item five, matters of new business consisting of consent and regular agenda. Mr. Chair. So in order to comply with the recent state legislation and to allow us to continue to hold a teleconference meeting, I'd like to call items number five be out of order and make it the first item on the agenda. Madam Secretary, please call item 5B. We'll be starting with regular agenda item 5B, authorizing the continuation of teleconference meetings and making findings in support thereof under California Government Code Section 54953E, discussion and action resolution number 24-2022. Director Koslovsky. Thank you, Madam Secretary and Chair Bustos. This item um, before you is a reauthorization of meeting uh, by remotely via teleconference. And it's related to the COVID emergency. Which in 2021, the commission authorized its first remote teleconferencing meetings. 
and it's related to the requirement to hold publicly accessible meetings under the Brown Act. And we're fulfilling that requirement um, by these remote meetings. And this is allowed under a state law called AB 361, which allows for monthly reauthorization of teleconferencing as long as we make certain findings on a monthly basis. And those findings including include a state of emergency uh, as declared by any state or local official um, as it relates to social distancing and safely meeting in person. And uh, to date, the governor still has a state of emergency recommending social distancing. And so it's with that authorization that we will be conducting this teleconference meeting. Thank you. Thank you, Director. Madam Secretary, do we have anyone from the publish, public who wishes to provide a comment? At this time, if there are any members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2496-801-6612, press the pound sign, then the pound sign again, then press star three to submit your request to speak. Chair, it does not appear there are any members of the public wishing to comment on this item. Hearing no request to speak on this item, I will close public comment. Um, commissioners, do we have any questions or comments on this item? If not, may I get a motion for 5B? I will move. Oh. Mr. Chair, I move that uh, 5B is accepted as is. Thank you, Commissioner Scott. May I have a second? I will second. Thank you, Vice Chair Rosales. Madam Secretary, please take roll. Commission members, please announce your vote for item 5B when I call your name. Commissioner Brackett is absent. Commissioner Ludlum is absent. Commissioner Scott? Yes. Vice Chair Rosales? Yes. And Chair Bustos? Yes. Mr. Chair, the vote is three ayes, two absent. Thank you. The motion carries. Madam Secretary, please call the next item. Next is the consent agenda. Item 5A is approval of minutes. Regular meeting of June 21st, 2022. Mr. Chair. Are there anyone from the public who wishes to speak on this item, Madam Secretary? If there are any members of the public who wish to provide comments on the minutes from June, June 21st, please call 415-655-0001. Enter access code 2496-801. 6612. Press the pound sign, then the pound sign again. Then press star three to submit your request to speak. If you're already on the phone with us and would like to provide comments on the minutes, please press star three on your mobile devices. Mr. Chair, it does not appear there are any members of the public wishing to comment on the minutes. All right, hearing no request to speak on this item, I'll close public comment. Commissioners, may I get a motion for this consent item? Mr. Chair, I yes. move that the minutes be accepted as is with any necessary corrections. Thank you, Commissioner Scott. May I have a second? Yes, I will second. Thank you, Vice Chair Rosales. Madam Secretary, please take roll. Commission members, please announce your vote for the consent item, item 5A, when I call your name. Commissioner Brackett is absent. Commissioner Ludlum is absent. Commissioner Scott? Yes. Vice Chair Rosales? Yes. Chair Bustos? Yes. Mr. Chair, the vote is three ayes, two absent. Thank you. Motion carries. Madam Secretary, please call the next item. 
Next is regular agenda item number 5C, authorizing a First Amendment exclusive negotiations agreement, an amended and restated option to ground lease, a ground lease and an amended and restated loan agreement for a total aggregate loan amount of $36,253,013 with Hunters Point, Hunters Point Block 56 LP, a California limited partnership for the development of a 73-unit affordable rental housing project, including one manager's unit at 11 in this court, Hunters Point Shipyard Phase 1 Block 56, and providing notice that this approval is within the scope of the Hunters Point Shipyard Phase 1 Reuse Final Environmental Impact Report, Phase 1 EIR, a program EIR, and is adequately described in the Phase 1 EIR for the purposes of the California Environmental Quality Act, or CEQA, and adopting environmental findings pursuant to CEQA, Hunters Point Shipyard Redevelopment Project Area, Discussion and Action Resolution Number 25-2022. Director Koslovsky. Thank you, Madam Secretary. Um, commissioners, this is a important project at the Hunters Point Shipyard Project Area. Uh, Lot 56, as it's known in uh, the project documents, 73 unit rental housing, affordable housing, um, we're hoping to get your approval today um, on this. This is going to be developed by Mercy Housing and the San Francisco Housing Development Corporation, two very competent and strong um, affordable housing developers here in San Francisco. And this item will be presented by Elizabeth Colomello, our housing program manager. Thanks, Thor. Good afternoon, Chair Bustos, Vice Chair Rosales, Commissioner Scott. As Thor mentioned, I'm Elizabeth Colomello, Housing Program Manager, and agenda item 5C before you is regarding Block 56, a 100% affordable housing project to be built in the hilltop neighborhood of the Hunters Point Shipyard Phase 1. Next slide, please. Today, the Block 56 development team and I are seeking authorization to enter into a first amended exclusive negotiations agreement or ENA and an amended option to ground lease, uh, an amended and restated loan agreement providing up to $36.25 million in funding and a long-term ground lease, all to facilitate the construction of Block 56. Block 56 is a 73-unit affordable housing development for families. And the commission last saw this project in April of 2021, when you approved the basic, basic concept and schematic design. This request is made in anticipation of the development team's submittal of the final funding applications, and if successful, the close of construction financing and start of construction, hopefully in early 2023. Next slide, please. Here you can see Block 56's location within the hilltop of the shipyard, a phase one of the shipyard just south of India Basin. As required by the phase one disposition and development agreement or DDA, the master developer has constructed almost half of the required infrastructure, including 12 acres of open space. And vertical developers have constructed 505 units in the neighborhood, including 403 market rate units and 102 exclusionary, inclusionary units. OCII has three standalone 100% affordable sites in the Hilltop neighborhood, and Block 56 is one of those sites, as are Blocks 52 and 54, which you may remember are also in pre-development. Next slide, please. 
And this is just a visual. Um, it's an aerial of the Hilltop neighborhood, which includes a model of Block 56 shown with the blue arrow. And it's just so you can see it within the context of the already built residential buildings. Next slide, please. The Block 56 project represents 73 of the 218 OCII-funded affordable housing units to be built in the phase one of the shipyard. And you'll remember from prior approvals that Blocks 52 and 53 were the first hilltop parcels to start pre-development. This parcel, Block 56, is the final OCII-funded hilltop parcel. Next slide, please. This, this slide shows a visual of the hillside and hilltop neighborhoods and the five OCII-funded 100% affordable house housing parcels on, on both of those sites that make up phase one of the shipyard. The hillside neighborhood is on the left-hand side of the slide and the hilltop neighborhood is on the right-hand side. Next slide, please. This slide outlines the Block 56 development team, which is led by Mercy Housing and Bayview-based San Francisco Housing Development Corporation, or SFHDC. Mercy Housing is, the le is leading the development process, and once the project is built, acting as its project ma property manager, and SFHDC is leading community outreach and resident services. The proposed partnership for the development has a 60%, 40% ownership split with Mercy Housing owning 60% and SFHDC at 40%. Both developers will be co-sponsors on all financial applications for the project. This proposed partnership structure will put SFHDC in a much stronger position to be the sole or lead developer in future developments. At the end of the 15-year tax credit compliance period, SFHDC will also have the option to purchase the property. The building has been designed by Van Meter Williams Pollock and associate architect Kerman Morris, a woman-owned business. And the general contractor will be a joint venture between Nibby and Baines Group Incorporated, a Bayview-based contractor. Next slide, please. And now I'll provide a little bit of background on the activities leading up to the request before you. In 2018, OCII released a request for proposals seeking a team to develop, own, and operate affordable housing on Block 56. In 2019, the Hunters Point Shipyard CAC recommended the current development team, and the commission later approved an exclusive negotiations agreement and pre-development loan for the project. Last year, the commission approved the project's basic concept and schematic design, and also last year, the development team's environmental consultant, Langan, took soil samples for the elective soil testing that I will discuss in the next few slides. Next slide, please. So to provide context on that testing, I'll need to provide a little history on the phase one redevelopment timeline. So um, back in the early 1990s, the Navy and the Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA, placed the entire shipyard on the national priorities list for environmental remediation. This is commonly known as the Superfund list, and then examined each parcel of the shipyard to determine the extent of contamination, if any, and proposed an appropriate remedial approach to make the shipyard safe for future intended uses. In 1995, the Navy determined and the EPA, the state of California, and the San Francisco Department of Public Health agreed that the shipyard phase one, which consisted of officers housing, the majority of which was single family homes, administrative buildings, and soldiers barracks during active base use, posed no threat to human health or the environment and required no further action. Therefore, in 1999, the EPA removed the shipyard phase one from the Superfund list and confirmed that the site was safe for its intended use as a residential community. In 2004, the Navy transferred parcel A, the land now making up the hilltop and hillside of the shipyard phase one, 
and the Navy remains responsible for any remediation required at the remainder of the shipyard, which is known as phase two. In 2016, the Navy and the EPA became aware of anomalies in post-remediation testing at the shipyard phase two. Further investigation led to the Navy's decision to disregard data provided by one of its former contractors. The Navy is currently in the process of retesting portions of phase two that was the subject of this unreliable data. In 2018, although these activities, activities were limited to the shipyard phase two, in response to public concerns and at the request of City and Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the California Department of Health, also known as CDPH, performed a phased approach radiological survey to assess the health and safety of the public and the environment at the shipyard phase one. In 2019, CDPH completed its final report for the Hilltop, which concluded that no residents, workers, or visitors are being exposed to radiological health and safety hazards. To address continued concerns and questions from the community regarding the testing conducted at the shipyard, Mayor Breed, then attorney, City Attorney Herrera, and Supervisor Shaman Walton asked experts from UC San Francisco and UC Berkeley to conduct an impartial analysis of CDPH's procedures. This report concluded that CDPH's health and safety scan was appropriate as a health and safety survey. Then in 2020 to 2021, OCII and the Block 56 developer, at the request of Board of Supervisor President Shaman Walton, agreed to additional elective radiological soil testing. Next slide, please. Also in 2020, the EPA issued this fact sheet after CDPH completed its final report for the Hilltop, summarizing the work of CDPH and reaffirming its assessment that Parcel A is suitable for residential use. Next slide, please. So as I mentioned, Langan collected the soil samples last year and completed the report last month. CDPH has since reaffirmed their prior conclusion that there are no radiological health concerns in Parcel A. Next slide. And now for a bit of detail on the testing and the results, Langan analyzed soil samples for eight radionuclides, americium-241, cesium-137, cobalt-60, plutonium-239, radium-226, strontium-90, thorium-232, and uranium-235. Results indicate no contamination is present and there is no risk to, the, to workers, the public, or current or future residents. Next slide, please. So now moving on to the development program for the site. As I mentioned, the Block 56 project consists of 73 total units, including one manager's unit. The unit mix is compri comprised of studio one, two, and three bedroom units with a few four and five bedroom units for larger families. There is also a family childcare unit with a small amount of dedicated outdoor space planned for the courtyard level. Building amenities include a large central courtyard connecting to both a large community room with a kitchen featuring a view of the bay, as well as a flex room that can be used for a variety of uses. Standard amenities like a resident services office, property management office, um, there's 73 spots for bike parking, 10 moped and motorcycle spaces, and a large laundry room. And the parking garage will have 46 spaces for residents, representing a ratio of 0.6 to 1. Next slide, please. I'll show two renderings as a visual reminder of the design that was approved. This is the main entry portal along Coleman Street, which will feature artwork by a local Bayview Hunters Point artist framing a staircase wall. Next slide, please. 
This rendering shows the building from Innis Avenue where you can see its proximity to Hill Point Park. Next slide. So on to our request for today. Commission approved the ENA and the option to ground lease agreement on April 7th, 2020. As allowed by the terms of the documents, the, the timeframes of both were extended twice in 2021 through approval by the OCII Executive Director. While the developer has made significant progress, including completing the design work, obtaining a site permit, and submitting for three addenda to that permit, the developer team is requesting another extension in order to better align with the timeline for upcoming tax credit and bond application award cycles. The documents must be amended through commission approval. Given the current competitive state financing environment, which disadvantages Bay Area projects in part due to their higher costs, staff anticipates the developer may need to apply multiple times before being awarded funds. Next slide, please. Once the project has secured tax credits and bond financing and is ready to close on its construction financing, Mercy and SFH, the Mercy and SFHDC team will enter into a 75-year ground lease with OCII with an option to extend for 24 years. Annual rent will be due in the amount of 15,000 and the ground lease along with a loan agreement will include the maximum 50% AMI income restrictions required by the Hunters Point Shipyard Redevelopment Plan. Next slide, please. The total development cost for the project is approximately 67.5 million or around $925,000 per unit. OCII funds will be leveraged to secure federal tax credit equity. And as laid out in the conditions of the OCII loan, the developer team will apply to the Federal Home Loan Bank Affordable Housing Program, most likely during construction, in order to reduce OCII's subsidy by about a million dollars. The source is not shown here as it is not committed and may be difficult for the project to obtain. Next slide. The OCII loan is for up up to $36.25 million. This is inclusive of the $3.5 million previously authorized under a pre-development loan agreement. The overall loan term is 55 years with an interest rate of 3.0%, 3 and it may be adjusted downward if necessary at the time the final financial plan analysis is completed before the closing of construction financing. The final financial plan will be approved by the OCII executive director and the MOCD director as is our standard practice. Next slide. The loan is subject to a number of conditions. These include ongoing evaluation of ways to incorporate lower AMI units in the project, applying to additional funding sources if deemed competitive, and several standard loan conditions that we apply to most of our projects, including community outreach and racial equity goals and the designation of the San Francisco-based staff person during the marketing process. Next slide. Occupancy priorities for the project are as follows. First, to certificate of preference holders. Second, to displace tenant housing preference holders, DTHP holders. And third, to neighborhood residential housing preference holders. Finally, to San Francisco residents or workers. These priorities are aligned with the requirements of the shipyard redevelopment plan and the phase one DDA. As you know, we have an early outreach process as part of our overall marketing process that will begin with the submission of an early outreach plan one month after the construction starts, which if the developer team is successful in this round of tax credit and bond financing, applications will be in the spring of next year. The early outreach process is focused on COP holders and overall technical assistance to applicants. Next slide, please. 
The developer team has worked with our compliance team to address OCII goals for professional services. To date, 94% of contract values have been awarded to SBE or SBE joint ventures. For construction, Nibby Baines will work with OCII to review bids and award those contracts to SBE firms wherever feasible. And Nibby Baines will also commit to using their best efforts to meet local hiring goals during construction. Next slide, please. OCI staff and the developer team have presented the project to both the full Hunters Point Shipyard CAC and the Housing Subcommittee several times since the release of the RFP, and we've also held several meetings with the Hilltop neighbors. The CAC remains supportive of the project, and the team will continue to communicate with the community once construction commences and when lease-up efforts begin. Next slide, please. Here's the tentative development schedule for the project. Next week, the developer team will submit for the tax credit, credit and bond financing and will be notified of its award status in November. If successful, the team will close on its construction financing early next year and immediately thereafter construction will begin. The developer will submit a final marketing plan to OCII and MoCD staff 12 months before, uh, before construction finishes, which would be around fall of 2023. In late 2024, early 2025, construction will finish, and a few months later, the building will be 100% occupied. If the team is not successful in re receiving an award of funding, they will apply in spring of 2023. Each round of unsuccessful funding will cause the schedule to be shifted about by about eight months. Next slide, please. So this concludes my presentation and I can answer any questions you may have. Also with me from OCII to help answering questions are Gretchen Heckman, Development Specialist, and Pam Sims, Senior De Development Specialist. From Mercy Housing, we have Fiona Reddy, Project Developer, Amy Bailey, Vice President of Community Planning. And from SFHDC, we have Sarah Graham, Project Manager, and Peter Cusack from Langan is also here. That concludes staff's presentation, thank you. <coughs> Mr. Chair, a bit, um, I believe you're on mute. Sorry about that. Elizabeth, thank you so much for your um, in-depth report. Madam Secretary, do we have anyone from the public who wishes to provide a comment? If there are any members of the public who wish to provide comment on this item, item 5C, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2496-801-6612, Press the pound sign, then the pound sign again, and then press star three to submit your request to speak. If you're already joining us by phone and would like to provide public comment, please press star three on your mobile devices. Mr. Chair, it does not appear there are any members of the public wishing to comment on this item. Okay, hearing no request to speak on this item, I will now close public comment. And I'll turn to my fellow commissioners for their comments or questions or concerns. Uh, Commissioner Scott, any questions or comments regarding this presentation? I want to uh, start by just thanking Elizabeth for this deep uh, presentation. Thank you so much. Very clear and concise. And I'm just excited about it. Um, I was looking at the unit types and the bedrooms that are going to be provided, and it looks great. And I only wanted to switch around instead of 32 two bedrooms to make it maybe 22 or 
32 three bedrooms because when you have a boy and a girl, you don't want them after a certain age and they don't want to be in the same room together. And even if there's like so many years apart, it for social growth and uh, social welfare and health and wellness, they, you know, you would want at least more three bedrooms uh, than just the 16. Um, you run into families that, you know, say we're going to have to move soon. And that's what's happened with uh, some of our early developments. But outside of that, Elizabeth and team, just whole team, thank you so much. Thank you, Commissioner Scott. Vice Chair Rosales, any questions or comments? Yes, I had a, a, a couple of questions, but thank you, Elizabeth, for the presentation. Um, on the, um, the tax exempt uh, bond and the low income housing tax credit financing applications, do you think two rounds are gonna be successful? Uh, in two rounds, or because my understanding it's very competitive. And I'm wondering if it's going to require more than two rounds of applications. It may. We're hopeful that two will be enough. There have been some changes to the regs that are being implemented this round that, um, while it still is going to be very competitive, uh, will help our projects. Um, so it's, it's hard to tell until this round is complete um, where our projects will land. But it is possible um, that we'll come back before you later next year with further extensions. We hope not. Um, we think we're as well positioned as we can be, um, but it is certainly possible. Okay, great. And, you know, I got to be honest, I have sticker shock when I see the total cost per unit, $924,837. Um, I've been on the commission so, so many years, and I want to say it was a fraction of this um, when we started, when I started 10 years ago. So I'm assuming that the increase per unit is... The typical, the construction costs, yeah. where, you know, supply chain issues, late cost yeah. of labor. I will uh, the, I agree with you on the sticker shock. However, um, it is consistent with uh, other projects we're seeing at both OCII and MoCD. Construction costs have increased dramatically. Um, this project is on the smaller side, so there's a little less in the way of economies of scale. But, um, you know, this compares pretty uh, pretty well with other projects in pre-development with both OCII and MoCD. And just as a curiosity, is it uh, is the labor cost is anticipated to be union labor? Uh, yes, the, we typically do have union labor uh, on our projects. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, we need the project. Um, I just wish that we could uh, collectively as a, not just as a commission, but with the city kind of put our heads together to see how some of these costs can come down. Cause it's just, wow. Almost a million bucks. But no more questions. Thank you, Vice Chair Rosales. I remember when I was on, first got on the redevelopment commission, I think the unit price was like 238,000. That was a long time ago. So um, I, I agree, um, but I, I'm grateful that we are um, having this project done. We have some great partners in it, and um, that's at least 70-something families that will be back um, in, in, in secure spots in San Francisco. Um, 
But I just think in terms of Commissioner Scott's comment, um, that's something I think we should look at in the future. We obviously can't do much with this this round, um, but that's maybe something we should consider in the future. Um, so uh, let's see, Madam Secretary. Oh, I'm going to need to get a motion for this item. May I have a motion from the commission? Mara, I see you moving. Yes, I, I will move the item. Thank you. May I have a second? Second it, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Commissioner. Madam Secretary, please take roll. Commission members, please announce your vote when I call your name for item 5C. Commissioner Brackett is absent. Commissioner Ludlum is absent. Commissioner Scott? Yes. Vice Chair Rosales? Yes. And Chair Bustos? Yes. Mr. Chair, the vote is three ayes, two absent. Great, thank you. The motion carries. Madam Secretary, please call the next item. Next is agenda item number 5D, authorizing the First Amendment to license an agreement with the Regents of the University of California, San Francisco, for use of the kayak storage building located in Mission Creek Park, parcel NP4, Mission Bay North Redevelopment Project Area, discussion and action resolution number 26-2022. Director Koslovsky. Thank you, Madam Secretary and commissioners. Thank you. This item before you is an extension of an agreement we have with UCSF or the Regents as it's called on your agenda. And it's for a recreation facility, a kayak shed in the Mission Bay Park system. Um, that, that facility holds a program of kayaks and uh, it's accessible to the public. And as part of that program, there are uh, community members that have uh, free access to it. And that this, this uh, item will be presented to you by Nikki Henry, uh, Assistant Development Specialist here at OCII. Nikki. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon, Chair, Vice Chair and Commissioners. As the Director mentioned, my name is Nikki Henry, Assistant Development Specialist with the Mission Bay Project Management Team. Next slide, please. The item before you today is approval of a First Amendment to the license and agreement with the Regents of the University of California, San Francisco, for use of the kayak storage building located in Mission Creek Park for nonprofit kayak programming and classes. The star on the map shows where the kayak building is located within Mission Bay, and it is pictured on your left. Next slide. Mission Creek Park includes both active and passive uses and flanks Mission Creek. The kayak storage building is located in Park Parcel NP4 and was completed in 2008 with Park NP5. It includes one full-size and two half-size basketball courts, a dog run, volleyball court, and a small public boat launch, which is pictured in your lower right. The kayak storage building was designed to support the public boat launch Mission Creek is protected from the bay, making it ideal for kayakers and boaters. Next slide. When the kayak storage building was completed, the redevelopment agency and UCSF entered into a license agreement which allows UCSF to use the kayak storage building for nonprofit kayak classes and programming. It also allows them to use the public boat launch and surrounding walkways. No rent is charged, and in exchange, UCSF is required to provide 13 kayak programs offered to underserved San Francisco youth free of charge with a goal of 200 youths participating annually. 
which UCSF has exceeded each year. UCSF is responsible for maintenance of the kayak storage building and all utilities. The current license expires on September 1st, 2022, and UCSF has requested an extension for the continued use. Next slide. The program is operated by UCSF's Outdoor Program, a 40-year-old program that leads outdoor experiences throughout the Bay Area. The kayak program provides opportunities for those who have little to no kayaking or stand-up paddleboard experience or equipment and serves the general public, UCSF staff and students, along with school and youth groups. They provide guided tours from Mission Creek to McCovey Cove, Crane Cove, and beyond, while highlighting local history and wildlife, along with teaching basic paddling skills and safety education. UCSF is under contract with the California Department of Boating Waterways to provide on-the-water safety training. Despite all of the COVID restrictions this year, UCSF provided 133 courses with 1,569 participants, including 685 underserved youth from local nonprofit community programs and schools at no cost. They anticipate almost doubling that this year. Next slide. The proposed First Amendment would extend the existing license for two years through September 2nd, 2024. As you are aware, OCII intends to transfer control of the parks in 2023 to the park's respective landowners, the city and the port, who would manage them. And at that time, the license and agreement would be assigned to the city. Any additional extensions would be between the city and UCSF. The First Amendment also doubles the required courses offered to underserved San Francisco youth from 13 to 26 annually with the goal of 400 youth served at no cost. We will also be working with UCSF to perform outreach to youth from our affordable housing programs, projects, excuse me. Next slide. The CAC recommended the First Amendment at its May 12th meeting and staff recommends the, con the commission consider and approve the First Amendment with UCSF for use of the kayak storage building for nonprofit kayak programming classes. Next slide. This concludes my presentation. I can answer any questions you may have. Also on the line available for questions from OCII is Mark Slutskin, Project Manager for Mission Bay, and from UCSF, Kirk McLaughlin, Outdoor Program Manager, and Jeff Liu, Real Estate Officer. Thank you, and that concludes my presentation. Thank you, and thank you so much. Uh, Madam Secretary, do we have anyone from the public who wishes to provide a comment? If there are mem members of the public who wishes to provide public comment on this item, item 5D, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2496-801-6612, press the pound sign and then the pound sign again, then press star three to submit your request to speak. If you are already on the call with us and would like to provide public comment, please press star three on your mobile devices. Mr. Chair, it does not appear there are any members of the public wishing to comment on this item. Thank you. Hearing no request to speak on this item, I'll now close public comment and I'll turn to my fellow commissioners for their questions or comments. Uh, Commissioner Scott. 
Mr. Nikki Henry. Thank you so much. I was so excited to see this. And the age range for the uh, low-income community, again, is what? Uh, generally, it is youth uh, ranging from middle school, elementary to high school. So that's like 12 to um, 18, 19? Yeah, I can actually let Kirk McLaughlin from UCSF speak to uh -huh. that who's the program manager. Okay. And I have another question to that, uh, Kirk. Hi, Kirk, I believe you're on mute. Well, Kurt's uh, trying to get on. Do you want to ask the next question? Yes. My other question is, uh, do you send out announcements to synagogues, places of worship, or churches that are in the low-income communities? That would be an amazing way to really reach families that love camping, different things, but don't have the funds, and especially during this uh, unprecedented um, pandemic time. But it would be just wonderful to be able to take their kids and watch them learn how to do a safe activity in a safe open space. Had you thought of that? I know they do do outreach with um, various community groups and YMCA's and Boys and Girls Clubs and uh, some of the SF Unified Public Schools. Uh, I can follow up with Kirk and his team and have them do outreach to more of the faith groups and various other community groups. Yes, that would be great to add the faith groups because still there are families um, that don't have that opportunity to get, and especially during pandemic, so many ways of getting out and doing things with our children have changed. And it would be great to... Um, have something like this information and activity to come to a church place of faith. That would be wonderful. Absolutely, we can work on that. Thank you. So, Thank you. Um, anything else, Commissioner Scott, or should we go to Vice Chair Rosales? Um, I think Kirk was trying to talk again, but it didn't work. Uh, Kirk, are you there? We can't hear you. His mic is on, but it looks like... Is your volume turned up, Kirk? Is this something, uh, Nikki, that you can answer for Kirk? Can we... Sorry, can you... Can you repeat the question, Commissioner Scott? Yeah, so apologies. Let's see. Um, the, the age range, the, I believe. Age okay. range. Thank yeah. you so much. I was trying to figure out where is that question. Yeah, age range. What is that age range? I would assume it would be somewhere in the age of 10 to 12 to um, upwards of high school, but I can follow up with Kirk yeah, and get those I, exact age range and get that I to you. thought I saw something that said up to 22, and that really seems great. It would be great if it went a little further, like 24. Um, our kids socially are so far behind, um, and the city cuts off so much 
services for kids that are right out of high school, but still at that social high school level and need, desperate need for uh, a safe environment of doing things. Um, is that under your control or is it controlled by the state or city? Uh, that would be under under UCSF's outdoor program. So we can work with them on that and see if they can target some of the, some of the young 20s groups and uh, late teens. Okay. And is there an adult program or senior program for this as well? Uh, I know they have various groups that come in that are nonprofits and um, different uh, private-led groups that come in also because uh, it is open to the general public and it's a uh, relatively reasonable rate about a two-hour tour for with classes and training is about forty dollars person so but they do have a sliding mm -hmm. scale for nonprofits mm -hmm. and community groups but the forty dollars is just for the general public and forty dollars for the general public that is great to know thank you Thank you, Commissioner Scott. Uh, Vice Chair Rosales, any questions or comments? Uh, no questions, just the comment that it's just uh, San Francisco's never uh, never ceases to amaze me about how many amenities uh, and benefits um, we we offer the community. It's just it's just great. So this is this wonderful. Yes, thank you. Uh, I agree. If I knew how to swim, I'd probably be out there. <laughs> but since I don't. You can always wear that life jacket. Oh, let me tell you, Commissioner Scott, not even a life jacket can save me. Um, so, Commissioners, uh, may I have a motion for this item? I'll move the, oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Mara. No, no, I was just going to move the item. Okay, so Vice Chair Rosales moves the item. Uh, may I have a second? Sir. All right, Commissioner Scott. Madam Secretary, please take roll. Commission members, please announce your vote for item 5 5D when I call your name. Commissioner Brackett is absent. Commissioner Ludlam is absent. Commissioner Scott. Yes. Vice Chair Rosales. Yes. Chair Bustos. Yes. Mr. Chair, the vote is three ayes, two absent. Motion carries. Thank you all. Madam Secretary, please call the next item. The next order of business is item six. Public comment on non-agenda items, Mr. Chair. Madam Secretary, is there anyone from the public who wishes to provide a comment? If there are any members of the public who wishes to provide public comment on non-agenda items, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2496-801-6612, followed by the pound sign, then the pound sign again, press star, Three to be entered in the queue. And if you're already on the phone with us, plus, uh, please press star three to submit your request to speak. Mr. Chair, it does not appear there are any members of the public wishing to comment at this time. Hearing no request to speak on this item, I'll close public comment. Madam Secretary, please call the next item. The next order of business is item nine, report of the chair. There's nothing to report. Please call the next item. The next order of business is item eight, report of the executive director, Director Koslovsky. Thank you, Madam Secretary, and greetings members of the commission. Uh, I have a brief report 
that we have a closed session to get into as well. Uh, but I wanted to offer up uh, some information for the commission to know about. Um, we'll be having a certificate of preference subcommittee meeting on August 26th. Uh, the agenda for that meeting will be to focus on the kickoff for links um, investigations that is uh, doing the public scan, public database scan for uh, COP holders and trying to find uh, some of those uh, some of those folks who we don't have uh, updated information for. So I want to advise you of that uh, subcommittee meeting. Also tomorrow is the groundbreaking uh, with the mayor and a, a number of folks and I know the commission was notified about this uh, in Mission Bay, the Bayfront Park. Um, this park was approved in 2017 by this commission. It is uh, just over five and a half acres, um, excuse me, just under five and a half acres on Terry Francois Boulevard, right behind the Chase Warriors Stadium. And it's really an important park because it sits really at the intersection of so many different things there. Um, it is between the Bay and the Warrior Stadium. It finishes an important link for the Bay Trail that's over there. And it's also near a ferry, a future ferry terminal. Uh, so that's gonna be great to have that restarted. Uh, we hope to have that uh, finished by, by next year. Also in Transbay, there's a, a bit of activity um, on your commission agenda for August 16th, you'll see a design for block three park. Um, and I wanted to advise you that the East Cut Community Benefits District is doing outreach and running a community process to work with the community to develop, develop a name for the park. Uh, shouldn't be Transbay Block 3 Park, right? We could come up with something more creative. So they're working with the community on it. This one acre park um, hopefully will um, get named through a process that they'll sort of shepherd and they'll go to the San Francisco Rec Park Commission, which ultimately will manage the park and own it. Um, but this meeting that they're having is August 9th at 6 p.m. And uh, they're, 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 that meeting's information will be on the East Cuts website. And their website is theeastcut.org, theeastcut.org. So if you wanna listen in or participate in that meeting, um, go to that website uh, for August 9th at 6 p.m. Also, uh, you may have seen in the papers today, um, the um, crossings, which is the old temporary terminal site off of Folsom and Howard and Beale is um, kicking off a cinema series that on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, they can do outdoor movie nights. They have a 23 foot uh, wide LED screen and they'll be showing both classics and new movies. Um, and so that is just kicking off this weekend. That's Friday, Saturday and Sunday, outdoor cinema night um, in Transbay. And then finally at Hunters Point Shipyard, the open studios for the artists there, the 300 open, um, excuse me, the 300 artist studios that are there, they're kicking off their open studio planning and the dates are October 21st, 22nd, and 23rd for the open studios at the Hunters Point Shipyard, October 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. And that attracts about 6,000 participants um, over those three days. And it's a, it's a big um, activity for the artists and also the Bayview community. And that concludes my report. Thank you. Thank you, Thor. Commissioners, are there any questions regarding the report of the executive director? The crossings at Folsom and Howard uh, for movie night. Uh, that can you give that date and time again? 
Right. So it's the crossings uh, between Howard and Folsom off of Beale Street. Uh -huh. So down by the temporary terminal, former temporary terminal. And it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, starting this weekend. Okay. Great. Commissioner Scott, you're going to bring the popcorn. All right. <laughs> you got it. Mara, any questions or comments? No. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Commissioner. I mean, uh, Commissioner Director, uh, for your report. <laughs> Um, Madam Secretary, please call the next item. The next order of business is item nine, commissioners' questions and matters. Mr. Chair. Yes, thank you. Commissioners, this is our opportunity to share um, any questions or concerns or matters you'd like to bring up, not for a vote, but uh, for discussion. Commissioner Scott. Yes, Mr. Chair. I have been getting uh, communications from the field managers of um, housing and uh, folks uh, and young people that we're contacting regarding the uh, descendants of COP holders. And they're doing their paperwork. They're told everything's fine. Yet, when they ask for their housing unit, they're denied and saying, um, you're just a descendant, you're not the COP holder and you won't be able to get in. So there's a problem uh, and they tell them you're a D and that's all they say to them. Um, and the D I found stands for descendant. I'd like for us to look at that step-by-step -step very clear, there's Pam, and uh, very clearly and find out what we can do to better communicate and what is it we need to know beforehand rather than telling them because you're a descendant you will have you know first choice or you're at the top of the list as well um, something is going wrong and people are getting extremely discouraged and they've already some have made plans came obtain temporary dwelling only after to get qualified, but when they pick the place, they're told no. So we need help there and we've got to fix this. So thank you, Commissioner Scott. I think that um, maybe what we can do, given that we can't really discuss a lot of this stuff, right. uh, it's been agenda. maybe we can have a, a conversation where we may need to agendaize this item. Um, onto our agenda. So, uh, Pam, if you could connect with Commissioner Scott on how we can do that, that'd be great. Mr. Chair? Yes, sir. I can also suggest we have the COP subcommittee meeting coming up. We could maybe have a fuller discussion at that meeting and provide Commissioner Scott through uh, Commissioner Brackett and Chair Rosales, Vice Chair Rosales, some additional information regarding uh, how all those things are administered. That uh, would be wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Commissioner Scott, for bringing that up. An important issue. One that we all know we've been working on. So thank you so much. Um, anybody else? Commissioner Rosales, Vice Chair? No? Okay, great. All right. Um, Madam Secretary, please call the next item. The next order of business is item 10, closed session. 10A under California Government Code Section 549569D1, Conference with Legal Counsel for Existing Litigation, Radiance Owners Association versus 
Office of Community Investment and Infrastructure, City and County of San Francisco, number CPF-22-517762, San Francisco Superior Court, complaint filed May 16th, 2022. Discussion, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Madam Secretary. Do we have anybody who wishes to speak um, on this item? If there are any members of the public who wishes to provide public comment on the closed session item, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 146-896-298, oh, excuse me, the access code is 2496-801-6612. Press the pound sign, then the pound sign again. When prompted, press star three to be placed in the queue. And um, if you're already on the call with us and would like to provide public comment, please press star three to be placed into the queue. Mr. Chair, does not appear there are any members of the public wishing to comment on the closed session item. Okay, well, hearing no request to speak on this item, we'll close public comment. We're now gonna go into closed session and I'd like to ask my fellow commissioners as well as participating staff members to exit this meeting to log on to the separate link that was emailed to you. We will return after the session has concluded. Thank you very much. TV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
is item 11, which is adjournment, Mr. Chair. Fellow commissioners, I need a motion to adjourn. I have a motion. Yes, Mr. Chair. I Thank move you. that we adjourn the meeting. Thank you, Commissioner Scott. And uh, is there a need for a second? No? no. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are uh, we have a motion to adjourn, and we will be adjourning our meeting at two twenty-one p.m. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Thank you sir. Bye.